This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Friday, November 30th. It's Meet My Friend Friday. And here at episode number 695, as promised, my friend Ann Dunnigan, the founder of Daring Daughters and uh, the host of Mission Minded Families is here in the studio with me today. And we're going to be talking about the recent death of a missionary to a Sentinel Island tribe, Jonathan Chow. Some of you are familiar with that story, and it's both uh, inspiring and and a good opportunity for us to talk about the importance of spreading the gospel. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so here we are at the end of November. You guys know I love this time of year. I hope that you are enjoying the season with your family and really focusing on what God is doing both in your family and around the world. God is always at work, and he is at work here at MomStrong International. If you have not yet become a member at MomStrong International, I want to really encourage you to do that. It's a great Christmas gift, by the way, uh, to just really encourage another mom to be in the Word this year. That's really my heart is to see you get into the Word and walk with God and follow him with really an abandon that sets the next generation on fire for the Lord. And that's the thing I love so much about my friend Anne. Anne Dunnigan is in the studio with me today. Anne directs Daring Daughters, and she's the host of the Mission Minded Family podcast. She's a mom of seven kids who are all homeschool graduates right now, and she's got grandkids coming out her ears, and I just love her passion for the lost and for families. Uh, Anne, welcome. Thank I'm you, glad you're Heidi. here. Excited to be here. It's nice to have you in the studio. We've been friends for a long time, but I think this is your first visit to Firmly Planted. Yeah. Yeah. This Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center is amazing. It is so (laughs) much bigger and more glorious and just all of the life and the joy in this place is. And it's just beautiful. Mm, I'm thank so you. impressed. It, it was. It's probably ten times bigger than I imagined from your Facebook uh, posts <laughs> and videos. You know, it, we I can't really do it justice on on Facebook. But you and I have been talking a lot about just the grace of God and how He equips us and calls us, and that this place is like that. And you have been the recipient of an extravagant grace because every time I look at the things that your family does at Harvest Ministry. And your kids walking with the Lord now and the books that you've written, I'm always encouraged. And I thought it'd be fun for uh, the listeners here to have never heard of you um, to just give a little bit of Ann Dunnigan 101. So you don't live too far from me, actually, which is why I got to have you in studio. Yeah, I'm uh, just down about an hour, hour and 15 minutes away uh, near Hood River, Oregon, and uh, my husband and son, Mark, uh, an adult son, they are actually over preaching today in Uganda uh, at a minister's conference with pastors and national ministers from six nations across East Africa, ministering our children's home over there, Gumini Yesu Children's Center, which means keep with Jesus. Oh. And uh, they're just having a fabulous time. And uh you know, we like you mentioned, we have seven kids, and they are uh, being fruitful and increasing. So we have, you know, uh, we have four of our kids that are already married, and a, a daughter that's going to be getting married in a couple weeks, and we are going on thirteen grandbabies. Oh right my now. goodness, so it's like grandbaby palooza. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's it's really cool when you think of that, where it's your children are then having children. Is it's like you know that's what we are trying to do with the body, you know, with being a Christian and in the body of Christ is that we are to raise up other people who will 
raise up others and, you know, train those who will train others and disciple those who will disciple the next generation. And that's what I love about this Homeschool Resource Center is you just really have such a heart for this generation, you know, even the next generation of homeschoolers. Yeah. It's very exciting. Well, and I, I think it's easy for us, you know, you and I have had this conversation many times. It'd be easy for us to sort of cocoon ourselves, right? And just look at our own family and what we're doing. But really, God is at work everywhere. And one of the things I love about you is that you've taken the heart of the gospel, a great commission, and you've actually put feet to it. So uh, Harvest Ministry is the ministry. You and your husband started this, right? Mm-hmm. And you're in um, and 1987. Ha- so that's, that's a long time of faithful ministry. How many years have you been married? Uh, we have been married over 33 years. And as a family, we have reached and shared the gospel into over 100 different nations all over mm. the world. Uh, our son and daughter-in-law just got back from East uh, Southeast India and Nepal, where their ministry and our ministry together uh, founded a brand new children's home there, Himalaya Dea children's uh, a rescue home. And anyway, it's just very, very exciting. Mm, it's wonderful. And your heart in um, in the Mission-Minded Child, because we're going to talk a little bit about Mission-Minded Child. You wrote the Mission-Minded Family and the Mission-Minded Child, and you really have a heart to see parents equipping their children to have a worldview that's in, that doesn't just include themselves, <laughs> yes. right? Beyond what the culture, especially here in the United States, beyond what we tell our children. Uh, and that's really kind of the heartbeat behind Mission Minded Child, because I, I want to get into a little bit of the meat of why you wrote Mission Minded Child. And then I'd like to kind of transition the conversation to talking about uh, Jonathan Child, this young uh, man who from here, from Vancouver, who lost his life recently sharing the gospel and kind of get your your thoughts on that. But when you wrote the Mission Minded Child, because I know there are a lot of parents who are listening to this who have young children at home. So maybe they're a parent who has a young, very young, like a newborn at home or an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old, 12-year-old, and they're trying to um, live out the gospel in such a way that their children will want to live it out and their children beyond them, because it's really, it's generational. Um, what's the heartbeat behind Mission Minded Child? It's raising raising the next generation to fulfill God's purpose. Uh, David Livingston said, this generation can only reach this generation. And it's raising up our children to have a passionate heart for the gospel and the Great Commission, no matter, it doesn't mean they're going to be missionaries. You know, we like to say missions is not just for missionaries. God's call is for all. And something we like to tell our children is like, do you, do you get it? Or if they're, you know, having a, you know, a really close friend or a romantic interest, it's like, okay, do they get it? Like, do they get what the kingdom of God is all about? And we um, have always wanted just to instill in our children and to encourage parents and teachers and homeschoolers to, you know, raise up children that will be passionate for the gospel and for people everywhere to hear of the name of Jesus. And something that, you know, with this this whole story of this young, you know, very adventurous missionary guy, um, John Chow, that went out, you know, to this. And three remote. of your kids knew him, right? Three of, three of our children knew him. And my two oldest him, daughters knew him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, had taken classes with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have many different friends that that knew him and just were very impacted by his life. And something that's, you know, his, you know, I, I didn't know him personally, but something that is kind of grievous to my heart is when so many Christians are just, you know, rising up and, and just saying, oh, he was just so foolish. He he never should have done that. He he didn't have permission to go to that place and he he shouldn't have gone in there. They he could have 
brought the flu and they all could have died of 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 just to realize that in in generations there are always front runners that that go and and take the gospel and take risks i i mean throughout our lives we have taken the gospel into many different places we've smuggled bibles into china that was not you know we we disobeyed mm-hmm. the the rules to do that we actually once got caught and brought down and got in trouble in uh in, in a border as we were you know trying to smuggle bibles into the underground church in china um we've had times where uh sometimes in certain situations it's, we kind of think of um you know sometimes you ask for forgiveness you don't ask for permission because you just want to <laughs> go and preach yeah um you know god has given us permission to go and preach the gospel to all nations and you know people could argue that maybe he didn't use the the most wisdom or whatever but what i have seen is that he he actually was praying for this people group the sentinelese uh people in this north sentinel island um off off of india kind of in the middle of the sea of of bengal but he for uh since high school yeah he was 26 been years on his old yeah when when he died but it was probably seven to ten years that he had been praying and interceding for that group so for people who aren't familiar with the story really quickly uh i don't know how you couldn't be but i'm sure there are a lot of people who aren't on the news and whatever this was this uh john chow was an american missionary and he was killed in a hail of arrows uh last week when he set foot on north sentinel island and uh, he believed that god sent him there and he wrote it, and we have uh, copies now. They've been printed of his journals. Uh, he went right, I think he went the day before, right? And mm-hmm. a young boy on the shore shot an arrow at him. And according to John, it hit his Bible. It hit a waterproof Bible. It hit a waterproof <laughs> Bible. And uh, he wrote about it, which I find, I, I just, the whole thing, I know my daughter, Sierra, who knew him, read this to me for a couple of days with just tears in her eyes. Mom, he just loved the Lord. And he knew that God had called him there. But he also knew the dangers he was facing, right? I mean, he wrote, God shelter me and camouflage me against the Coast Guard and the Navy. He wrote that uh, right before he arrived on North Sentinel Island. So he understood the dangers he was facing. What do you say to the the parents who are listening? They're thinking about their own child, Right. I mean, you you've had children that have gone on to the mission field. A lot of us are just, you know, terrified at the thought of sending our children out there. And, uh, you know, and and you're right. He has received a, a fair amount of criticism. But I keep I keep hearing Jim Elliott uh, yes. in my head, you know. Yeah, um, there's the, the Jim Elliott quote where he says he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Mm. And and how. uh Years ago, where Jim Elliott and the other um, missionaries that went into that Harani, uh, it was the, called the Aka yes. tribe, but now it's called the Harani people. But it was Jim Elliott, Pete Flenning, Ed McCulley, Nate Saint, and Roger Uterine. Um, They were missionaries that were martyred in Ecuador in 1956 in a very similar sort of thing. They were, you know, they were trying to go in and reach this these unreached people groups, and they were killed by spears. And, you know, something that's very interesting is that Elizabeth Elliot, who, you know, she had wrote um, Through the Gates of Splendor, Through the Gates of Splendor, um, Mm -hmm. she wrote Passion and Purity, Mm -hmm. but she took the story of her husband and she then shared that story with the next generations. And I, I really think just as we are, you know, seeing the situation that happened with this young man or as we are recalling even missionaries of the past and what they have done. It's like, what are the stories that we are telling our children? 
And are are we reading the missionary stories and 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 highlighting these these people that had would have the courage to go and to take the gospel to unreached people groups? Um, one of the things that John Chow wrote in his journal, he says, "You guys might think I'm crazy and all this, but I think it's worthwhile to declare Jesus to these people." And he 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 put in this note, you know, I love you all, and I pray that you uh, would give anything um, that others would know Jesus Christ. You know, he wanted to see this tribe in heaven. And I tell you, with it being all over the news, it is stirring up just even a debate and awareness inside of the Christian circle that, you know, do we really need to go and take the gospel to people who have never heard it before? Uh, Some people don't think that. And I, I had a woman inside of a homeschool you know, homeschool group that was like commenting about it. And she wrote, well, if God wants to save those people, he will do it without us. That was almost word for word, like what was spoken to William Carey years ago when, you know, he was just this passionate young man with a heart to go and share the gospel with unreached uh, people in India. And the the older preachers of that time, and this was back uh in 1792, uh, right around that time. But there was a preacher that said, sit down, young man. You are just an enthusiast. When God sees fit to convert the heathen, he will do it without you or without me. Like it was almost word for word what I read the other day in this, in in a Christian homeschool, in a homeschool circle. What goes through your head when you hear people say that? What's what's your first reaction? My (sighs) first reaction is, we're not reading our Bibles. (laughs) My first reaction is just we we are obligated to share the gospel with those who have never heard it before. And and I don't see it as like, you know, you have to do it. Like you have to read your Bible. You have to go to church. You have to do this. It's your obligation. You know, you have to clean your room and, you, you know, you got to do it. I see it as when there is a burning passion in your heart out of just this love that I, I love the Lord and I know that he loves people and he died on the cross for our sins and that he wants for us to take the gospel to the nations. And it's like, I can't not do this. It's this burning love yeah. that it's like, I, I got to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And really, that's how his friends described him. That's how Sierra remembers him. He was so passionate about Jesus. He wanted people to know uh, Jesus the way he knows him. He wanted people to have that same uh, experience. And he said that was his heart, right, for the Sengalese people, was that they would know uh, that God loved them. Uh, even just, I, I think it's important for Christians to realize that there are people who have never heard the gospel before. Um, there are many people groups around the world, you know, not just nations, but but actual like ethnic groups, over 11,500 different people groups around the world. But there's over 3,000 that are that are unengaged, unreached people groups. Um, it's called UUPGs. It's like the, the most unreached. And this was actually uh, an uncontacted group. So it's even more remote know, than even that. Even more remote. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. And just for us to realize as Christians that there there are people that have never heard the gospel before. And people think, oh, you know, they'd be probably just better off if we just, you know, leave them as they are. You know, all we need to just, all cultures are good. And, you know, you you just don't want the big bad missionary to come on the scene. And I just know in the, the work that we have done around the world, people are never better off without mm. Jesus. 
I, I mean, we have we have seen places where people worshipped, um, like in Uganda, there there was a place where people actually worshipped a, a large tree and would like sacrifice children to to that tree, or you know, places where um, you know there were you know terrorists doing things and and, and just it's just people around the world who do not know Jesus, they, they are lost. And we just need to have that compassion in our heart to go and to take the gospel to those. And when, when you hear people talking about this and, and we've talked, you know, we've seen it, obviously it's in every news in the New York Post, it's in the Washington Times and the New York Times, all over the news. And people say, oh, he's foolish for going there. Um, I, I guess I want to keep bringing people back to ultimately we have to we have to listen to and obey the Lord. There are a lot of people who said it was foolish for Jesus to give up his life. He didn't have to go to the cross. He could have. He could have. Uh, you know, I remember uh, reading to my daughters the very first time the story of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, basically saying, "Lord, if it's your will, take this cup from me." And I feel, in some ways, in reading Jonathan Chow's story. He, in some ways, he was doing that. You know, uh, he was asking the Lord, "I actually don't don't want to do this, but this is what you want me to do." And he and he did it anyway. And I, there's a part of me, and in talking to my daughters and sort of processing this with our children, uh, uh, the struggle I think happens because sometimes we lose sight of eternity. Yeah, Jonathan never lost sight of eternity, right? And we're we're always telling our children, "Listen, we're just passing through here. This world isn't our home." I'm, aren't you glad? <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, I'm more glad every day that this world isn't my home because what we're doing here, we're doing for eternity. And whether we understand Jonathan Chow's decision uh, to go over there or we even agree with it, um, as Christians, we should at least be, I hope that it causes us to, to take a look back um, at why he did it and the importance of spreading the gospel, which I don't think people, it seems like we don't, in this age of internet, uh, I I kind of, I feel like somehow we've lost sight of the importance of of spreading the gospel. If you wanted to encourage a family, and we've got about two minutes left, if you wanted to encourage a family, this is how you raise a child that is mission-minded, that has an, an outward focus. Um, what are a couple of things that you would tell those parents who are listening? And we're fearful as parents, right? We are. Um, yeah. Just How we, do you get past that fear and raise a child whose um, passion for Jesus is going to be the thing that drives them? I think it's important for us as parents to realize we're not raising our kids just to keep them safe. If we want to raise our children to be mighty arrows for the Lord, then we need to be able to release them into God's purposes. And sometimes that may mean our children doing some things that may make us uncomfortable. So I would just say to really encourage parents to raise their children to fervently love Jesus from the inside. That, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, legalistic requirements put on top of them, but to encourage and stir up a passionate love and heart for Jesus, uh, personal prayer life, being in the Word of God, and to be sensitive, um, even just learning, teaching children to learn about different people and people groups around the world. Um, there's a, a book called Operation World that is learning how to pray for uh, all the different nations of the world, but there's a brand new children's version that's out that's called Window on the World. They just redid it just like a couple weeks ago. Um, but to just, you know, encourage children to pray for people and to have a heart for not just being selfish, but to have a heart of, you know, doing to others as you would have them do unto you. If you, if you were stuck in some tribe where, you know, you had never heard about Jesus before and you had no way of hearing the gospel, wouldn't you want for someone to share the gospel with you? 
And, and that's how we receive the gospel. We receive the gospel from people who risk their lives and people who did daring things. Uh, and I, I just am very grateful for those uh, who do take risks. Mm-hmm. And when you when your children ask you questions like mine did about situations like this, you know, what I told my daughters, and I know, I know Jay was talking to our kids about this the other day at the dinner table, was ultimately we have to listen to the Lord. We listen to the Lord. We obey the Lord. We're going to answer to the Lord mm-hmm. uh, someday. And people can call his his behavior reckless. And there was a part of me that was just like, dude, you knew, right? I mean, did you feel that way too? I part mm-hmm, of me was definitely. just like, you knew that this was illegal. You, you you know, you knew the risks that you were taking, and he chose to go there anyway. And uh, and but ultimately, he stands before the Lord, and that's kind of what we try to tell our children. Like, we don't want to be foolish. We're not. We're not. Um, we're not. Uh, sending our kids out into the world to be foolish. We want them to be gentle as a dove and wise as a serpent, to be wise about what's going on around them, but to be driven by their love for the Lord Jesus and their love for other people. And that kind of that kind of passion is what helps people start orphanages around the world. It's what uh, gets people involved in ministry. It's, it's why we have so many mission organizations that have come out of uh, places where people have been free to follow and serve the Lord Jesus instead of taking it for granted. We say, Lord, what what can I do with this extravagant gift that you've given me of a freedom to uh, to serve you with a reckless abandon? And I'm well, you've read missionary stories to your kids, right? Mm-hmm. You and I both share a passion for the YWAM missionary stories uh, and reading to your kids. Those are simple things, right? Read to your kids, um, engage with them about what missions are, what missionaries are doing around the world because missionaries are still at work. Yes. I I have a friend who she actually posted about this whole story, and she has been living with her family in Niger, West Africa for 20 years. And she posted the most beautiful picture of all of these. It was a a, a classroom filled with uh, remote uh, ministers from Niger, West Africa that were praying for this people group, the Sintalese people. They were praying that God would send others into that island, into that unreached people group. Uh, just, you know, the Bible tells us that someday, you know, every nation, tribe, and tongue, and people will be before the, the Lord in heaven. And I, that's what I want to raise my kids is to be focused on eternity, focused mm. on heaven and what really matters. Mm. I love that. Focus on eternity. And if anybody's been doing that with you, their life, my friend, it's you. So you encourage me. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's always a blessing to have you. If people want to find out more about you, uh, where can they do that? Missionmindedfamilies.org. Missionmindedfamilies with an S. I E S, yes. Dot org. And you doing are you still doing your podcast? Yes. Yes. Uh, you are. On iTunes, Mission Minded Families with Ann Dunnigan. I love it. So for those of you who want more information about Ann Dunnigan and her ministry, uh, I will link back to the her in the show notes today. As always, you can find the show notes at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. If you have a guest idea or a show idea or you would like your question featured at Mailbox Monday, please shoot me an email podcast at thebusymom.com. I hope you guys have enjoyed this today and you have a fantastic weekend and I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.